All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What BR. We have uh, Mike Steele with us today. How are you, Mike? Good, thanks. Awesome. Thanks for making some time. You, What is your official title for anybody who doesn't know over at GOSEP? Sure. I'm the uh, communications director for GOSEP. I handle most of our uh, media requests and inquiries as they come in. Uh, I handle some of the public appearances for our office and, and some of the outreach and those type things. And what is it for, just if we break down, just to get the formalities out of the way, kind of, you know, People hear GOSA, where, you know, they'll hear, you know, they see, we use the acronyms. I think it's every five minutes, there's another reason for GOSEP to be doing something. But what is it for people who don't know? So it's the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. Uh, kind of in a, in a nutshell, we were created after Hurricane Katrina uh, through legislation. Uh, and, and we are the state coordinating agency. Uh, anytime, and, and this is where it gets kind of complicated for the public because of our, our title sometimes, but anytime there's an event, uh, you know, a large weather event or, or something significant that happens in a parish, if a parish gets to the point where their uh, resources are overwhelmed, then they can declare a state of emergency. The state can declare a state of emergency, and we can provide some state assets or other uh, assets to that, that parish. Um, it doesn't happen every time, you know, it doesn't happen every time there's a thunderstorm or a little flash flood event, but if it's bigger events, you know, the 2016 floods, a hurricane, those type things, uh, those, uh, efforts are kind of pulled together so that we can make sure our local, uh, emergency managers are able to get through that event. So that's kind of the... <clears throat> You know, almost kind of the way the state would call FEMA and the local parish can call GOSEP and to kind of help, you know, you guys have got resources, whether it be maybe some physical assets or just access to information or the ability to cut through some red tape, maybe just to get things possible. Is that right? Or That's right. It, it's exactly uh, the same type relationship. Our relationship with the parishes here in Louisiana is is almost similar to our relationship with FEMA. If a state gets to the point where an event, some type of emergency is is basically too great for that state to handle on its own. That's when we reach out to FEMA. But everyone tries to kind of keep it uh, under control, you know, uh, within that jurisdiction, you know, as long as possible. But, uh, you know, we do have those, those backups and those assets available. Um, our role is basically like, like if we get into an event where there's a big flooding event, uh, there's certain resources, the state fire marshal's office, the Louisiana National Guard, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Uh, a lot of those agencies have like search and rescue type uh, operations available. So we kind of take a look at the big picture of what's going on with an event and determine like, okay, this agency with these particular resources can handle uh, going to this area and they can get there, you know, quickly and, and more efficiently. And so we kind of coordinate. It's almost like a chess, you know, chessboard. You kind of move the pieces around and uh, make sure that, that everyone's taken care of. So tell me, <clears throat> for my curiosity, and somebody else asked as well, anytime we have these, I like how we all call them now events, I don't know what else you'd call them, but, you know, it's whether it be the mm -hmm. flood event, the rain event, wherever it is. We hear, and somebody in my office had asked, they were like, hey, you can figure this out for me. Get the straight answer, or not the straight, but when you hear all the time, like, it, whether it be a parish or, you know, the state, it's like declaring an emergency. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, well, we all kind of know we're in a, like, 
that's news to me, like, or it's not news to me. You know, it's like we know we're in the middle of an emergency, but then it's kind of like the after the fact. Like, why is that important from the declaring an emergency? <laughs> like, yeah, we it, know there's water coming in. It's an emergency. That's right. And a lot of times it sounds a little more ominous than it, than it really is, because really what that does is just open up that ability uh, for the state to provide, you know, the parish with resources or FEMA to provide the state with resources so it's more, uh, in some cases, it's more of an administrative type move that has to be made uh, to legally let all of those things happen. Uh, we don't wait for a lot of that, that you know, paperwork. Like if there's a life-saving, uh, uh, if there's life-saving resources that need to be rolled out to an area, we, of course, get those resources rolled. And then you kind of catch up on some of those uh, administrative things, you know, as you get to it. But that's basically what it does. Uh, it's a way for us to tell the parishes, hey, we've taken this step. We've declared as a state, if you do the same thing at the local level, uh, we can supply you with those resources as needed. And our staff will work with the parish to make sure that they get that that document in place in a timely manner. You know, conversations going back and forth about when those those moves will be made. That's okay. So I clears that's the formality of, hey, we're, you know, we're engaging, you know, it's almost right. like an engagement letter, you know, I guess yeah. from, a, <laughs> from a business right. perspective. Um, so tell me what's going on right now, you know, dating ourselves. We're May 28th. We are what about uh, 10, 11 days removed almost from our recent event, you know, with a little bit of, you know, everybody got a little bit of rain, a lot of rain. I've talked to people in other States and told them what happened. They're like, we well, got more rain than we get all year. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about what happened. <laughs> so uh, we obviously appreciate a lot of the attention we get uh, for the start of hurricane season. Uh, it's a great time to remind people to check your emergency supplies. You know, I have uh, three kids at home. Two of them are, are, you know, one is six, one is seven. So like batteries and, and different things in our supply kit get raided all the time, you know, by our kids. And so the start of hurricane season is a great time to recheck those supplies for families, it's it's a great time to think about a communication plan because, you know, a lot of times nowadays you have a husband and wife that both work. You may have, um, you know, even in the summer, you may have camp or you may have uh, vacation Bible school or you may have different things going on, sports camps, where people are kind of spread out all over the place. Well, if we're hit with an emergency, how are you going to get in touch with all those people? Do you have all those contacts available with you? you know, all the time, because a lot of times you see the communication uh, network kind of break down and, it, and it's difficult to get in touch with people. So we always recommend having a communication plan for your family, uh, have someone outside the region available that can be used as a point of contact that you can all reach out to them to say, hey, tell mom and mom and dad I'm safe, you know, I'm, I'm on campus or whatever the case may be you know, think about those things and make sure you have those contacts with you. It's a lot easier these days, uh, you know, with, with iPhones and with cell phones and everything else, but it's also, uh, it's a crutch sometimes because if those things start to uh, not work right or the network start having problems, uh, you know, people need to have a backup. So uh, those are two of the main things that we recommend. Another thing right at the beginning of hurricane season, and there's a great time to do a uh, do an insurance checkup. A lot of times people have uh, flood insurance, but they don't know exactly what that covers. Or they may have 
hurricane insurance and they may not know how big their deductible is. And they're hit these things uh, almost as a surprise. But if you take the time to kind of learn exactly what your policies do, have those hard conversations with your your insurance agent so that you get those things uh, defined and, and know that you're uh, covered in a way that you need to be covered. One advice family members gave me years ago was, you know, whatever home you look at buying, make sure you buy something that you know that you can afford the repairs to that home and make sure you know that you can afford adequate insurance for that home. So if someone's in the market right now, consider those things. Don't buy a home that that taps you out so much that you can't cover it properly from an insurance standpoint. You know, uh, those are, are, are things in Louisiana that are just kind of a harsh reality. Um, we talked about this earlier. Again, we get attention at the beginning of hurricane season, but flooding and other severe weather can basically happen at any point during the year. It doesn't take a tropical system like we saw in, in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, uh, Baton Rouge and Lake Charles over the past couple of days. So, uh, also hazmat events and, and different things can happen basically anywhere in the state or in, in most areas. So uh, we recommend, you know, taking those steps at the beginning of hurricane season, but we always tell everybody you need to be pre prepared year round in Louisiana. Absolutely. Um, one thing that came up or two things when this, I was thinking uh, that reminded me that is too many people, I think you mentioned the crutch with the phone and the communication networks going down, but I've always said, and I'm guilty on some of this myself, I probably now think about need to update. It's how many of us know, you know, family's phone numbers these days. That's right. That's you know, communication network right. might go down, but you might right. drop your phone, you know, yeah. in the water. And if you can't turn that back on and you don't know, you know, like I know my wife's number off the top of my head because I've known her so long. I had to, you know, it was before the iPhone, mm -hmm. but my daughter's number, I I don't know it. Come yeah. to, you know, to think about it, I really don't. So it's kind of like, maybe it's time, you know, take a couple minutes just to write down some of those key numbers, stick it in a wallet, you know, or put it in a Ziploc, put it in the glove box, you know, something like that, because too many times we don't know those numbers and you could easily be standing, you know, being perfectly fine and just needing to let people know or need to check on somebody, but you don't even know how to get in touch with them because you dropped your phone in the water, you know, yeah. or it, left. It. And, and, you know, the, the cell phone providers and everybody have done a great job over the years. You know, it, it's a mostly reliable network, but we did see a situation in 2016 where a couple of towers went down from a major carrier and it knocked a lot of people's service out. Sometimes you can still maybe get a text through but you can't get a phone call through. And, and I'll be honest with you, my background is in, in television news. I was a news reporter and anchor for uh, almost 20 years. And covering Katrina, that was the most crippling thing. And it didn't matter if it was, if it was government, if it was us in the news media, no one could get a message out of New Orleans without driving it back to Baton Rouge, basically, for a couple of days. And when your communication system is that broken, you know, it causes chaos. And when we see it happen, even, even to our family level, you know, it can be a big problem. So again, we urge everyone to take care of that. Plus with the way everybody is so spread out, you know, there's, there's not the, the mom at home in the, in the summer with the kids, you know, like, like maybe years ago, you know, people, people all have jobs. They all have uh, different activities going on. You know, we're at the, the baseball field, it feels like every weekend lately and, and all kind of sports practices and everything. So 
uh, it just shows the need uh, to make sure you have that uh, plan thought out. Exactly. Get the numbers. How about this one? I have a friend that is a Navy SEAL. And so mm-hmm. these guys, you know, elite, right? You know, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to things, I was talking with him and we were kind of going through like, you know, he's kind of, you know, you hear people talk like, you know, the bug out bag or backup or get your batteries, get all these different, you know, have different things. You know, the number one thing he told me and I took it, I followed it. I have it in my wife's car, my car. I've got it in the bag. He told me the number one thing that everybody should carry. He goes, I tell you, he goes, I tell you to carry this more than a firearm. You know, he mm-hmm. goes, get a tourniquet and carry yeah. a tourniquet with you. He goes, so you don't know. It could just be a car wreck, you know, mm-hmm. and it could be a kid sliding into second base, you know, and, you know, bust a leg. And when you need something like that, it's, you don't have time, you know, yeah. you don't have time to wait. So he said, you know, get on Amazon, spend $30, get you four or five tourniquets and like stash them. <laughs> so thought it was interesting. And, and first, you know, there's a ton of first aid kit uh, options out there. Uh, like I, uh, me and my sons have always, you know, hunted a lot and done some different things. So I always made sure I kind of had those things in the past. But then it seems like nowadays you can go to, you know, just about any of the big box stores or, or sporting goods stores. The big, you know, everybody has these kits. If you kind of look around, like in the camping sections and everything, there's a lot of different options out there. So I've thrown a couple in our vehicles. We have a couple at the house, you know. It's always good to have those things because, uh, you know, the more you you think out that process, even if you have to evacuate, you know, think about some of the major evacuations in Louisiana. You can be stuck on the interstate, you know, for hours at a time, depending on where you live and, and where you're trying to get to. So if you have those first aid kits, you know, maybe, a, uh, you know, the bottles of water and, and a couple of, uh, you know, uh, breakfast bars or those type things, you know, anything available. The more you, what we've learned over the years is the more you do preparation wise, the easier the event and the recovery are. And, and there's still heartache. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. You know, there's still difficult things to go through, but it's been proven the more you do ahead of time, it, it'll make certain situations easier to, uh, to get resolved. So that's, that's part of the reason we encourage people to do that. Another big thing along these lines is an emergency uh, uh, cash fund. You know, have some cash on hand at your house in case the ATMs go down, the power's out. Uh, you, you know, if you need to evacuate and go to a hotel in uh, North Louisiana for two days until it's over with, try and have enough cash to do those things. We know, you know, people go through difficult patches, you know, financially and everything, but if you can have those, those resources kind of in, in place, that's another... Uh, great thing to have as as part of your preparation it's it's funny you mentioned it i made i had a question with my uh, credit union not too long ago was asking them about you know the, the safety deposit box and you know people all like you hear people will oh, keep cash there i've got you know things put away but i just asked them i said you know i've got some things what if there's an emergency like who do i call mm-hmm. like on saturday afternoon if there's a life and death emergency that i need to get into there and they go nobody it's right. not going to happen. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, not just I need. I was like, life and death. I've got a family member that's going to die if I don't get into that box. How do I call and how do I get in? And they're like, it's not going to happen. So yeah. 
if maybe somebody if people are thinking, you know, oh, I'm gonna hit the, you know, I'm gonna hit the bank, I'm gonna run and grab something, or I'm gonna get cash out. You know, sometimes those businesses are now closing. It's now mm-hmm. more acceptable, I think, when we see, you know, not just after the fact or during the storm, but in preparation the businesses. I know we in our company we send people home. Yeah, it's like look, yeah. it's gonna be bad, you know, right. for the next two days. Go home early, so it's not like you maybe can run to the bank, you know, and the That's ATMs right. do run out of cash when That's everybody right. starts doing it and they're not going to go restock them. And, and the banks and the, and the federal reserve system and everything, they do a great job. They, they plan out, we've had meetings with them and they plan out things just like we do, where they, they try to make sure banks that are going to be in some of the, the hard hit areas have more cash on hand, uh, you know, in the days, you know, as a, as a storm kind of approaches a certain region uh, but if you don't, if you don't make those moves or if you don't, you know, again, we focus a lot of attention on hurricanes because they kind of get all the headlines and all the attention. But, you know, with that flood event in Lake Charles, I'm sure there's people that could have benefited or, or in Baton Rouge that could have benefited from having some cash on hand uh, to help them get through a night or two, you know, in certain uh, cases. So, uh, again, you know, we have getagameplan.org is our right. website. Uh, there's a, a Louisiana Emergency Preparedness Guide that you can download from that site. There's a two-page checklist in that guide. And if everyone would just take a look at that page, there's things on there that, that are obvious. If you've lived in Louisiana any amount of time, you know, flashlights, batteries, bottled water, canned goods, you know, all those type things. But there's also things on that list like, uh, you know, Uh, copies of important paperwork, making sure that you have uh, copies of your insurance paperwork, copies of your birth certificates, all those type things kind of in a, in a safe area uh, stored away uh, because the more uh, that information is available, it'll, it'll kind of help with that recovery process sometimes. No, that's you. I was just about to bring up to get a plan, you know, website that that's what we're talking about is, very common sense but it's just our lives seem to get so fast-paced and we think you know well i'm gonna do that tomorrow or is it really gonna get that bad it's i don't think people realize that if you just do that planning just a little bit you know like you said i've got the little ones too they're raiding batteries and you don't even know it you know (laughs) but getting you know kind of what you know making that plan happen to where if it does you know start to rain and water comes or when the big storm comes or when anything it's just kind of like hey not what you know we know what we're doing we know where we're going to meet up we know who to call you know we've got a little bit of cash you know on us you're not having to solve all those different problems it goes back to you know i'm a real stickler in my house for like when you're at half a tank you need gas you know like that's just the you just don't run it you know down to empty so it's because you never know what's going to happen you know it's it's bad on your bad on your car sometimes to run it to empty too oh all that debris in the bottom. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so to putting it together, I think if, you know, if we can urge everybody, you know, just to stop and think, you know, you know, what's the, I remember as a kid, you know, and this is bringing up even in my own life, you know, as a kid, I remember, you know, we had a house fire and, but we, you know, left. And I remember growing up, it was always like, if something happens, this is where we're going to meet up. Mm-hmm. This was before yeah. the cell phone, you know, days. That's right. You know, right. but we don't do that, you know, now it's more of like, well, I'll call you if something comes up and it's like, well, you may not get that call out. You might just leave your phone in the middle of an emergency. You know, I'm sure your phone's high on someone's list, but I see it all the time on a regular day or 
people don't even remember to charge their phone or they think it charged the night before and it didn't. So, well, and, and one thing that's really kind of changed over the past couple of years, you know, with the whole Cajun Navy phenomenon, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned growing up, uh, you know, as a kid, I grew up kind of out in the northeast Baton Rouge region, kind of between Baker and Central. And it was a subdivision, but they, we were kind of spread out more than some of the, the newer subdivisions nowadays. But we knew 20 different families in that neighborhood. And you would have a storm hit or you would have some type of significant event. And I remember all the men in our neighborhood going around, you know, the ones with chainsaws would bring them and everybody just kind of went house to house, you know, helping each other out. And technically that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, with this whole Cajun Navy phenomenon. Back then we didn't have social media to kind of promote these things, but everybody still helped each other. And that's another big message that we try to tell people is get to know your neighbors in case you need kind of a rally point. You know, I have I have neighbors on either side of me that I know I can call at any point, like with the hours I have to work here, you know, while we're doing mm-hmm. something, I know I can call one of them to say, hey, if you're at the house, could you go check this, you know, at our house and make sure it's okay, you know, and they'll, they'll do that for me. So if you have those uh, connections, uh, and, and this goes back to what we do from an emergency management standpoint, because we regularly meet with our local emergency managers and everybody else. You want to have those type conversations in what our guys here call blue sky days, because it, like you just said, when, when, it, you know, things are going down, you don't <clears> have time, you know, to, to make those connections at that point. So do it uh, under normal conditions so that you're not stressed out, you know, as the events going on. It's funny as you mentioned that it popped in. I uh, my hobby is I fly airplanes. It's, mm-hmm. You know something I do, and I remember my instructor told me one time. You know he he goes, you know, look what we do is inherently dangerous. Just at the end of the day, our job is to mitigate risk as much as yeah. possible to get it down to the lowest level. You know, and then be right. acceptable. You know, kind of with that risk. But it's we is pilot, you know, check things. We have to plan. We run checklists. We run through things. You know, we go, doesn't matter how many times you get, you know, in that plane, there's still a startup checklist. There's still a pre-flight right. checklist that you run every single time to where, you know, maybe some of our families, we need these checklists of, okay, let's, you know, go to the get a plan, you know, website, check off all the stuff every so often. It's going to make your life a lot easier and let you be ahead of the mm-hmm. situation. And that's, it's, I like, uh, Terry works when I love how she says she never wants to be on a reactive, you know, and that's, yeah. I think that's kind of where it's a good way to, you know, put it to where you owe it to, you know, kind of your community, your family to take these steps. We're not taking, this is not like you need to take a day off of work, you know, and go right. run around town. Right. This is like sit down while you're at dinner and just talk about like, Hey, we have batteries. Have we been through this? You know, where are we going to go? You know, these are the different things that you need to talk I think about. That, I think that's a perfect example of what we're talking about. You may know that that plane is 100% safe before you fly it that particular day, but that still doesn't stop a pilot, you know, from going through those steps. And, and it's just that redundancy in that, in that uh, you know, ability to stay focused and, and to stay, uh, uh, you know, pay attention to those type details. That that makes all the difference in the world. We, we struggle sometimes, and I, and I talk to my kids about this, you know, um, there seems to be some people have an attitude that that everything can be mitigated, you know, by by government or, or you know, 
there's never going to be any heartache. And so I try, I try to be realistic with my family, like bad things happen and some things just overwhelm, you know, certain Mm -hmm. uh, communities or neighborhoods or whatever, like you're not going to be able to stop all that, but the more things you do ahead of an event, you know, again, a lot, a lot easier to get through that event. I think a lot of people just don't realize, you know, even if I took it down to a different level, I was talking with another, you know, with some of the hotel lodging. I think it's, you know, people go, well, I'm always going to have a place. If something happens, I'm just going to go to a hotel. Well, yeah. the greater Baton Rouge area, there's only like 10,000 hotel rooms, like mm-hmm. total, you know, from mm-hmm. what I understand. I might be off a little bit there, but I believe that's, you know, roughly the number. But it's like, you're not going to get people coming from outside communities and us being inside of an event and think you're just going to roll down the street, you know, and check right. into a hotel and jump on your, your TikTok and just roll through the day, you know. It's, yeah. It's, you need to, you know, plan for these things. And if, and just the way the mind works, you know, if you know that you're supposed to have a little bit of cat, you know, check that. So every so often to make sure that it's there, you never know when it was, if you're in my house, it seems like every day there's another $20 bill that needs to go to the school for something, you know, and I could tell right. you that easily could get pulled out of that, you know, emergency fund. So. And, and one other thing kind of along these lines of, of setting expectation levels, uh, you know, Nowadays, and it seems like this has kind of grown worse over the years, but a lot of times people start asking, like, where's FEMA? You know, I mean, the rain can still be falling in some areas. And it's like some people start to ask those type of questions and they don't understand, like, that assistance level is typically not available for, uh, in some cases, an extended period of time. You know, there's a there's a uh, information collection needed to see how bad that the damage was in certain areas. There's a whole process that we have to go before those FEMA assets are in. So a lot of times when they're saying like, where's FEMA? FEMA's already in town. They like, I think over the past year, there's never been a point where we haven't had someone from FEMA here from the beginning of the pandemic all the way through uh, the hurricanes that impacted us last year, plus the hurricanes that that didn't necessarily have a big impact, but they required us to uh, to spin up our activities uh, to a certain level. They've been here throughout that whole time. And so they're here, but like with that flood event the other day uh, in Baton Rouge, we're still in the information collection stage. And then we can reach out to FEMA to say like, hey, uh, what assets can, can be provided to help these homeowners? But, uh, you know, uh, going back to the insurance thing, Insurance is your number one protection, you know, in dealing with something. And then when this some of this federal assistance and everything becomes available, you know, you can use that as, as kind of a backup or an asset. Uh, but uh, it's important for people to know that there's just not going to be this immediate uh, uh, assistance available. Now, we're not talking about like search and rescue. Like, obviously, those things are there. But when it comes right. to the recovery side, it's a process and it, and it takes, you know, a certain amount of time in certain cases. It's, um, it's easier for me to say it than you. It's personal responsibility. You've got to make sure that you're yeah. taken care of in your family. You know, you can't expect someone to be there, you know, as the water's rising, you know, waiting, you know, to escort you along, you know, to a green pasture. You need to have mm-hmm. a plan, you know, mm-hmm. of what you're going to do. And Absolutely. I agree. I think a lot of people do. We see that more here in Louisiana, probably than most places that we have these events that keep happening. And so you would think it would just be commonplace, you know, yeah. and I'm afraid 
the you know, and I could probably go down a real rabbit hole in this and get on a soapbox, but like I can change a tire on a car. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm evacuating and you know we blow a tire, I can make that change. But I know some people, I know some adults that just cannot do it. It's kind of right. where the equate where I'm going with that is, is you know, you've got to have a plan. That was a thing, you know, when I was going to drive, you had to learn how to change the tire in case that happened. That was part of the preparation. That was part of things. The next generation, are they learning these things? Do they know? Like we all talk about, you know, get batteries, you know, and get these things. But are we teaching that to our kids? Are we passing that down to that next generation of, this is what you've got to do. Like, I remember, yeah. you know, I don't even, I haven't, shame on me, and, you know, fill the bathtub with water. You know, yeah. it was, you know, all those different type of things. Right. You know, what are those options? But are we teaching that, you know, to our kids? Or are we just kind of, oh, I heard it on this podcast. Let me go do that real quick. Let them see you do it. You know, mm-hmm. let them see, let them help, let them help them pack the bag. You know, mm-hmm. let them go find, you know, go get me a box of Band-Aids, you know, and let's figure this out. How can we pack all this in? And then, teach them where you know your kit is you know wherever it is you know hey go get the kit we're gonna get in the car we're gonna go and then you're not running around trying to do everything at once that's right well look mike i appreciate it man i think you know it's hopefully we've beat the drum enough here for people to realize to take you know 15 minutes at least to at Mm -hmm. least know what you don't know you know know what you need to pick up next time you go to the grocery store um, and and kids enjoy these type things, or at least I found that to be with with my kids. They enjoy kind of being part of that process. So if we're talking to them about, you know, this is who you need to call if you're stuck somewhere and you can't get in touch with us, call Aunt So and So in Mississippi or whoever it may be. You know, uh, they they kind of enjoy those discussions and they like being a part of that process. And uh, so the the kids, even when they hear you know, the uh, 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 National Weather Service alerts go off at the house or like, do we need to do anything? You know, do we need to go to this part of the house or whatever? But I I love the fact that they know, hey, that means pay attention to what's going on. So, uh, you know, we appreciate this discussion. You know, again, if I could plug uh, getagameplan.org, you know, for people to go to uh, the Louisiana Emergency Preparedness Guide is on that uh, website. Also, when we have an emergency going on, emergency.la.gov is another website that we use uh, kind of as a uh, consolidation point for any big information coming out from those local uh, municipalities or parishes that may be impacted by an event, plus any information we push out from the state. uh, We usually try to consolidate it there. Governor Ed. Edward staff does a great job on his websites and his social media accounts of kind of doing that as well. So uh, if you're not following him or if you don't go to his website on a regular basis, uh, when, when we are really going through a big event, his his staff, some of his staff actually used to work here at GOSAP. So they we're very uh, close with them and, and, and we know they take, you know, emergencies very seriously, you know, which helps us out in the long run. So please take advantage of those uh, those resources and, and yeah. take a look at. And them. you guys, you guys have a podcast too. That's right. right? Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> almost almost forgot yeah. about that. It's the GoSep Get a Game Plan podcast, and so we've been doing it uh, probably for about two and a half years now. And uh, mm-hmm. so we do just like with with what we're doing here today. We kind of take an informal uh, look at, at certain topics. Uh, sometimes it's with the National Weather Service. Sometimes it's with people from FEMA 
local emergency managers. We've had Jim Cantori on before, uh, Greg Fugate, the old uh, FEMA administrator, he's joined us before. So uh, it's just kind of an informal look, but it kind of helps explains why we recommend the things we recommend and why we recommend taking the steps that we recommend, uh, why we tell everybody you need flood insurance regardless of where you live in Louisiana, why you know, why is some of that messaging so, uh, so kind of, uh, we try to hammer those things home, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah if people could, could check that out, we would appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll get a link to it here in the description. So, you know, you should tell everybody, you know, they got more important things to do than talk to me. So I appreciate you taking, you know, some time to kind of fill us in. Like I said, hopefully this gets, you know, top of mind, you know, for some people can make some things happen. So it, um, I think it's really simple. It's the website says it all. It's get a plan. Yeah. Uh, so ho- ho- hopefully if everyone, you know, joined in for this today, you know, like you said, it's, it's not something that takes, you know, weeks to plan out. You can, you can take a weekend and kind of take a look at a few of these things and, uh, and get them in place. And obviously, you know, again, we talk about weather events happening any time of year, obviously, as we get into that August, September window, that's historically when we see our, our most problems, you know, with tropical events and everything. So uh, uh, hopefully it'll be kind of quiet early in the season. But when we hit that window, you know, that's when people really need to be prepared uh, at that point. So, uh, you know, even if you do just a little bit day by day or week by week, you know, make sure you start taking those steps, please. I tell, I'll leave you with this. Everybody, I've got some buddies that kind of harass me over by, you know, tourniquet carrying. And I tell them, you know, look, you know, you're, you're making fun of me, but if you need it one day, you're going to be, you know, glad I had it. And then tie that back in kind of where you're talking, you know, being out on the ball fields, you know, tourniquets, the extreme, but you know, everybody's always excited when that one parent's like, yeah, I got a bandaid or I got a yeah. bandaid in the car. You know, that's, that's the right. one, you know, be that guy. You know, be yeah, that there's people in like, our yeah. office, same, same way, you know, they're going to have every type of medicine and, and, you know, so yeah, it's good to be, it's good to be that person. Exactly. And don't count on that always being with that person. So do right. your own thing. So, well, Mike, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming in. We'll have to have you come in and kind of tell us some more of what's going on. You know, we'd love to have you. And we'll, sure. Yeah. We'll, we appreciate we it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. Have a good day. You too.